Welcome back to Navigating Now. Please be aware that this episode discusses mental health and issues which may be difficult or upsetting for some listeners. So please do take care while listening. This is Navigating Now, the podcast to help find answers to the big questions we have about life. Hello again. In our last episode, Craig, Hannah and Emma discussed community action. They spoke about tackling global and local issues, finding your voice to stand up for what you believe in and identifying people in our communities that need our help the most. Craig, Hannah and Emma picked out a piece of advice from the episode to try and Hannah left us with an audio diary entry sharing how she's getting on. The piece of advice Hannah's trying is to find out ways to become more compassionate and help others while respecting people's boundaries. Let's check in now with Hannah to hear her final audio diary and find out if this bit of advice works for her. So I've tried the advice. I kind of went out at an event and I helped elderly people in the way that they would like to be helped. And this advice worked for me because it not only made me feel like I was making more of a difference instead of just mindlessly going around and kind of, you know, just trying to support people in any way possible. But when I sat down, I kind of thought, how would someone else like to be helped in this given moment? It allowed me to achieve and support people in a better way than I would have originally supported them. What elements worked best for me? Um, as I mentioned before, I think just slowing down and thinking, what are you going to do before you do it is really important to kind of ensure you don't overset boundaries or kind of misread a situation. And this is something I'm definitely going to bear in mind for the future. And I would definitely recommend this to a friend because I think the more of us that actively participate in stuff like this, the quicker we can make a difference, the quicker we can support people as a whole, and the quicker we can maintain our community and make it grow and build better connections for people in the local areas and kind of just make everyone just genuinely feel more happy because we're all supporting one another in an uplifting, empowering way. Helping others, but really taking the time to listen to how they want to be helped is such a great thing to keep in mind. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, Hannah. It's nice to hear that this advice is something you'll continue to take with you into your life. So let's get into today's theme. Today's topic is one that's more relevant than ever, and that's mental health. Mental health is an important topic that many people are talking about these days, and for good reason. Mental health affects us all in some way, the highs and the lows, whether it's something we experience directly ourselves or indirectly through someone close to us. It can and does affect people of all ages, races, genders and backgrounds. But by understanding its importance and by supporting each other to break the stigma associated with poor mental health, we can all make a positive difference, which is why we're here today. And to host this episode on mental health, we've got Carolina, Lucy and Katrina from our podcast group. Hi, I'm Carolina. My pronouns are she, her. I'm 19 and I'm currently living in Edinburgh, Scotland. Hi, I'm Lucy. My pronouns are she, her. I'm 23 and I'm currently living in Llanelli, South Wales. Hi, my name is Katrina. I'm 21 years old and my pronouns are she, her and I live in South London. So Carolina and Katrina, mental health can mean so much and look so different to different people. What comes to mind when we talk about mental health as a topic? For me, I guess it's not only the mood you feel in the moment, but it's the feeling you have for a longer period of time. And then 
also what choices you make that all affects your mental health. Like overall mental health is a whole wide world situation that everyone does have in many forms. So it is something that we do really need to talk about, especially as young people. I think it's important to remember there's the flip side. There's also good sides to mental health. You know, we have good days, we have great days, and it's important to remember that we have good mental health and that is just as meaningful. Over the past few weeks, we have been gathering questions on the theme of mental health from around 30 or so other young people from across the UK who are helping to shape this podcast. From the questions we collected, we've come up with three which we think represent the wide scope of this theme we're talking about today. So here we go. Question one. How do you keep your mind happy and healthy when you leave home for university or work? First up, giving advice is world record setting adventurer and extreme remote and hostile locations expert Aldo Kane. Change is one of the only guaranteed thing that will happen in your life. Relationships will change, jobs will change, friends will change, and your current circumstances will change. That is inevitable. But what you can do is you can take a bit of control over the situation by making decisions or having a plan. There's a saying that says if you don't have a plan, you'll become part of someone else's. So to keep a healthy happy mindset when you do leave home it's all about planning preparation and then keeping yourself busy and active and involved when you actually get there and remember that when you do make a decision it never has to be the final decision that you make but when you do make a decision especially when it's dealing with change it often leads to a much happier state of being because you've removed all other options for yourself. I like how Aldo Kane said change is guaranteed. Many people say that they don't, don't like changes. And I think it's interesting to look at it this way and be happy to make a change, be open to making changes. Lucy, what do you think? Very similar to you. I picked up on the fact you said that change is one of the most guaranteed things in life. It reminded me of a poem I read by a writer called Morgan Harper and it opened with the lines, let July be July, let August be August. And it's a sort of quote that stuck with me. I have it written on a little sticky note by my desk and it's just about accepting some things just will be and you can't fight them, you can't change them. So you may as well just not, just sit back and let things happen as they happen and accept that you can't change it, you can't fight it, so there's no use building up those negative feelings and wanting to change and resenting that you can't. Just let July be July, and I think there's something quite beautiful in letting yourself be vulnerable to that sort of change. The way that Aldo expresses jobs, friends and current circumstances, like at the end of the day, they're temporary so allow yourself with no regrets, obviously trying something new and just allow yourself to just be free in whichever situation you're in. So with friends, obviously, when you grow up, you'll find different types of people and they could bring you down, they could help you excel, but it's up to you to obviously figure out who is going to be there with you until the end. Yeah, I was just going to pick up on what Katrina said about how everything is temporary. I really like that and it's something I'm still trying to learn and navigate as I'm getting older. 
but there's a strange sort of calmness and niceness to knowing everything is temporary. I think it's important to remember as well that because everything changes, you know, the good times might not last forever. So it's important to remember to make the most of them, that when you're feeling good, when you're feeling high and excited and elated by life, to really bask in it and enjoy it and make the most of all the good days because then they last longer. I'm really into knitting and crochet. And I don't know if you've seen on TikTok, this lady knitted a weather blanket where she looked at the weather every day, every day and the temperatures and then she knitted a blanket. So this year I'm really trying to focus on mental health. So what I decided to do is assign every day a number on a scale five to one. Five is how I'm the best feeling, one is the worst. And at the end of the year, I want to knit a blanket which will have different colors for each day. I think this way I can see how I felt each day, but also I'm allowing myself to also feel not good one day and then allow myself to feel better that day because um, at one point I was feeling really good for a few days and then I was like this blanket is going to be really boring if I feel really good all the time so I think I realized it's fine to feel bad sometimes and then it's good to feel better the next day so I'm allowing myself to have bad days because life would be boring with just good days. I love that blanket idea, Carolina. What a good way to recall how you felt during times of change. Next up, we have expert advice from psychotherapist Samantha Pennels Nkolo. Hi, I'm Sam Pennels Nkolo. I'm a psychotherapist and I specialise in post-traumatic growth. This is a hard one because it's like we're reborn when we go to uni or work. It's a whole new life. So I would say it's about doing the things that keep us anchored. I'd say it's about being in our body, doing sport, getting out, going for a walk, keeping ourselves healthy. Number one, our pillars of wellness. So I would say food, exercise and sleep are so important. If we've got that right, we're already going to be winning. And then just embracing this new time and embracing the fact that sometimes it's difficult. So what stood out to me the most from Samantha's advice was just feeling reborn and starting a new life within uni. So in my experience, starting uni like two years ago was very scary and obviously it's a big jump from secondary school onto uni or like even college. But it is something that could be done. And anyway, you can always restart life in, in a job, in any facilities that you want to do. What really stood out to me from what Samantha said was the idea of being in our bodies. I think when we're talking about mental health, it's really easy to separate mental and physical health. It's almost like we have a line under our brains and it divides our bodies into mental and physical. But as we learn that our health is all intertwined and how we feel can affect our physical health and our physical health can affect how we feel, it becomes much easier to find the cause of the problem and then find a solution. If you're feeling anxious, your body can feel quite uncomfortable. You might feel sick, you know, you might feel a bit sweaty. I know I've been in so many seminars where my palms have gone really sweaty or my legs been jiggling. But a weird trick I found that made me feel better after some stressful seminars was just lying down, feeling your heart beating or even if you're trembling, feeling those trembles. And it makes you realise how much you live in your head and not in your body. Being in your body, being present and figuring out how to look after yourself is a really rewarding process to go through and you know you're going to come out the other side so much better. 
Transitions can be disorienting, but hopefully the advice and discussion so far are helpful to keep in mind for the next time you face change. We have two more questions to cover in this episode. So let's hear the second question. Question two. What are some of the more unexpected but safe ways you have found to have a positive impact on your mental health? So let's get into the advice. And the first voice note is from Rob, who's part of our podcast group. My name's Rob and I'm 25. I looked for advice on the questions around mental health because I, like so many other young people, have suffered from mental health issues in the past. And I think the only way to really break the stigma around this topic is if we're all prepared to talk about it. So I'm going to start with a weird one, but for the last few years, I've made a conscious effort to really make sure I make my bed as soon as I'm out of it. And that's really improved mental health. It's, I think, because it's been helped me to sort of achieve something as soon as I'm out. It helps to establish sort of order, uh, routine, uh, I guess, sort of familiarity and sort of a sense of tidiness as well. And anything that you can help do yourself that helps develop a sense of routine is so great. Other ones that work for me are kind of keeping an empty inbox, five sort of file emails away, so they're not all on your on all on your brain. Drinking caffeine after two p.m. I've sort of cut out. These are all things that just work for me. But I mean, it's about finding your own things that help establish a routine. But they can be as little as making a bed. Katrina, what are your thoughts on this piece of advice? One thing that really stood out was Rob's idea of having a routine. So obviously his routine is to make his bed every morning, which not going to lie, I really need to start doing because I just leave it in a whole mess. But to have a routine, I feel like that does help with people's mentality of the day. Like obviously maybe having a tea or a coffee to start their day probably sets their day of having a good one or obviously looking at the weather. And if the weather's good, they can obviously have a walk or go out or do whatever they want to do. So with that, I do really agree. And I think that everyone should start doing that. I find routines are really important to myself. I'm terrible without a routine. I particularly struggle when things change last minute. It throws me off and I get a bit overwhelmed and uncomfortable with it. So having at least one thing every day, which I know I'm doing at a certain time, it's a small routine, but it makes me feel so much better. So like Rob said, getting up and making his bed, I do that too. And it's because then I feel if the rest of the day goes wrong, it's okay because I've done that one thing. I had a little bit of control and it reminds me that I have control. I also liked how he said about physical changes he's made. So cutting out caffeine after 2pm, that might not affect your mood or it might have a big impact on your mood, but it will impact your body. You know, caffeine can make you tremble. It can make you have a lot of energy and then you crash. So having acknowledged that impact it has and making a conscious effort to remove it, I think is really inspiring. And, you know, there's definitely things I could look at in my daily habits that have a physical impact on me as well. So I'm really impressed by that. So for me, having a routine in the morning helps me be productive, helps me get out of my house faster. And once I'm out, I'm productive, I'm doing my work. But if I don't have a routine and I wake up, check my phone, then I'm on my phone for a bit and then I get out of my bed, I'm kind of lost. I'm I'm already feeling I've lost some time and already feeling tired again. So I would recommend setting up your whole, whole, at least morning routine or it can be evening routine as well. And that will mean that you know you know what to expect of that routine obviously there might be something that affects the routine but it's something to look out for that you know what will happen 
Making your bed sounds so simple, but starting small when things seem to feel out of control sounds like a good way to go. Our second voice note in response to question two comes from a special guest, former England rugby captain and podcaster Johnny Wilkinson. What are some of the more unexpected but safe ways you've found to have a positive impact upon your mental health? Quiet and solitude and space and that relaxation is huge for me. I love the idea of relaxing as much as I can in every moment of my life. Moving at a slow and gentle tempo, enjoying every stride, trying to feel as much of what's going on in my body at that time. And also then tuning into my excitement and passions and following them as much as it's safe to do so. And this means allowing the future to remain unknown and abiding by that open, curious mindset that says, let's just see how this goes. Who knows? As opposed to trying to control everything. I'm quite intrigued by his ability to allow the future to remain unknown, as he said. That's something I can't do. I'm by nature quite an anxious person. And so not knowing what's coming frightens me, you know, to be direct. It does not make me feel good at all. But I also don't like having to control everything. I don't like having to plan my day out to each hour. I don't like having to be in charge as such. So I'm in a very weird limbo, in a very grey area where I don't like the unknown and I don't like being out of control, but I don't like having to fixate and plan. So... It'd be interesting to know like how people do get to a point where they can be calm about the future and not have that fear and not worry. And I reckon from what he said, that comes from relaxing and his ability to find a slow pace to move through the day and take time to appreciate what's going on around him. Because, you know, we all know time can go so fast and the years and the days fly by us. So I think I need to learn from his advice and find time to slow down and just see how things go, as he said so well. What about you, Katrina? What do you think about everything he had to say? Yeah, so agreeing with Johnny with his relaxation situation and obviously opposite to you, Lucy, you did mention that you don't like the unknown. I love the unknown. The future is your ability to either change it or leave it the same or however you want it. I think it's good to realise that stress will always be part of our lives and that we need to accept it, but also realizing that stressing won't help anything. So kind of ignoring the stress as much as possible and realizing that if we put the most amount of energy into a project or into something that we're doing and passion, if we put 100% into it, it will be the best it can be and stress won't help with anything. Psychotherapist Samantha Pennells and Colo offers the final bit of advice in response to question two. What are some of the more unexpected but safe ways you have found to have a positive impact on your mental health? I would say it's about, and this sounds really cliche when I say it's about being yourself, and it's about embracing being young and silly. 
So it's okay to be silly. Once we go to university, have a job, all these things, we don't have to conform to being, I suppose, serious and boring and kind of sensible. When I say sensible, I mean, it's okay to have fun and not take things too seriously. I think the research shows that when we smile and we laugh, you know, the endorphins and the way we feel about ourselves, the dopamine hit that we get is massive. And I think being young and having fun Again, sounds like a basic thing, but we all kind of lose that. So I'd say hang on to the fun. I completely agree with Sam's comment about being yourself and having fun, because at the end of the day, life is all about that. And I do believe that everyone should just accept that fun side of you, whether it be so like cringy, because just allow yourself to be like that. And you got to do what makes you happy. And if that means that you have to be silly, if that means that's you being yourself, you got to do what you got to do. I fully agree with everything you just said and everything Sam said. It's so nice to have silly and positive advice when talking about such an important subject. It was a big learning curve for me that if it makes you happy, it doesn't need to make sense to others. It doesn't even need to make sense to you. Happiness is what's come from it, so that's what you're going to get. I like the idea that there are no guilty pleasures as well. You shouldn't feel guilty about something that brings you joy we should never feel ashamed or feel like we're too old for that you know so we're two questions into our mental health episode so far we've discussed how to deal with big changes and also some things that could have a positive impact on our mental health now we want to turn our attention to the negative attitudes and beliefs that unfortunately still surround mental health stigma around mental health often means that people not only find it hard to talk about how they feel but it can also lead to people being treated unfairly, excluded, or not given the help they really need. With that in mind, let's get into our third and final question for today. Question three, what can we do in our day-to-day lives to challenge the stigma around poor mental health? Jasmine from our podcast group has sent in a voice note in response to this question. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm 17 years old and I'm from London. First of all, I would say that it can be really helpful to talk to people who have the wrong impressions about mental illnesses even if they say something unintentionally upsetting or rude about something that you know more about I think it can be really helpful to just tell them and tell them in a kind way is what I think is one of the most important things and be really gentle because you don't want to aggravate them and give them a bad experience about talking about mental health because I think that can make them quite resentful so I think if someone's using a cliche or says something, it can be really good to just kind of say, hey, do you actually know about this? I've definitely had that a lot with, I have severe OCD, which is now managed. And a lot of the time I've had people kind of joke, like saying, oh, it's my OCD made me organise my room and things like that and just joking about it. And they don't mean any harm, but I often kind of take that as an opportunity. I'm like, that's not really OCD. Like, do you know anything about OCD? Tell me what you think it is. And then we have quite interesting conversations. And I think almost every time I've ever done that, it's turned into something really good. Jasmine clearly has a very interesting take and she sounds so much more mature than being 17. Carolina, what stood out to you what she said? I like how Jasmine talked about educating with kindness. Even if people joke uh, about mental health and mental illness, they're not trying to be rude. They're just sometimes miseducated or uneducated. So 
it's good to have a conversation about mental health with them and be honest. I like that. I think it's so inspiring how Jasmine was able to find opportunities to educate and not argue. Even if someone has unintentionally been rude to her, I think that's something we should all aspire to do because we don't know why someone has said what they said. We can't ridicule someone for being uneducated when perhaps a year ago we were also uneducated just because we've learned from it since. We shouldn't assume everyone is in the same boat as we are. I don't think we should ever pass up an opportunity to destigmatize mental health and take those opportunities to educate others. The last bit of advice in this episode is from Melissa. Hello, my name is Melissa and I'm 55 years old. I'm going to give my thoughts on what we can do to challenge the stigma around poor mental health. I think what we need to do is to value the mind in the same way that we value the fitness of our bodies. And in our culture, that's maybe something that we don't see as much, but we don't value as much. We look at the external, we think, you know, as long as the body looks great, then we don't need to worry about the mind. So I think it's about just reframing what it is we're doing when we need help with our mental health. We're treating our minds with the respect that we'd like to treat our bodies with. So maybe that's a way, it's a small way, it's just about talking about it in the same vein that you would about getting fit physically. I like how she talked about treating your mental health the same way as your physical health. For example, when we always say we need to be fit, so we go to the gym or we go on a walk, but how often do we do something for our mental health? So I really like this opinion in balancing those two healths. Yeah, I can completely relate with Melissa's advice here as I do work with children that do have mental health issues and special needs and they do need that extra support. With me being their group leader, I obviously need to have their trust and gain their trust and allow them to see me as someone that they can obviously speak to if, you know, a little kid is probably like bullying them or just saying rude things about them. So it's up to me to obviously help these children. We're talking about 10 and younger or maybe just a little bit older, but they're still young and they're young to obviously understand big issues like these. But if you can downsize your words and make them understand at a young age, that can obviously help them to grow up and accept these mental health issues. What stood out to me from Melissa's advice was how she said treating our minds with respect the same way we treat our body with respect. Similar to how Carolina said, we go to the gym to look fit, but what do we do to exercise our minds? Something that I saw recently was a bit of advice on taking care of yourself like you're ill, but when you're well is a good way of preventing these downfalls and these bad days because sometimes you find yourself in a rut and you haven't noticed you've been spiraling and it sort of feels too late to get back up on that pedestal you know you're already lacking the energy you need to get up and go for a walk you're lacking the energy to make yourself proper meals so trying to implement those things before you get to that point is something I'm working on and you know when it's done right it does work. When we're young, we're taught that we need to exercise, we need to do some sport, but nobody really teaches us how to improve our mental health and how to balance our mental health. So it's something that we need to figure out ourselves. And I think it's different for each person on 
figuring out what is our thing that improves our mental health. Taking care of yourself as if you were ill when you're well is one to remember for sure. Carolina, Lucy and Katrina, thanks for helping me and the listeners connect the dots during this complex conversation around mental health. There was a ton of great advice to consider today, and I'm sure some bits of advice will resonate with you more than others. But what stuck out to Carolina, Lucy and Katrina the most? Let's hear what Lucy has to say first. So what stood out for me most came from you, Katrina, and also Johnny Wilkinson, about being able to allow the future to remain unknown. As I said, that's something I'm not good at, but hearing the way we've all spoken about it is something I want to be good at and something I want to try. Um, So going forward, I'm going to try and just let tomorrow worry about itself and see where that takes me. It's scary, but I'm also quite excited. This conversation's really inspired me and motivated me to allow that change to just come to me and not be afraid of it. Is there anything similar for you, Carolina? What stood out to you? Yeah, for me, I really like the last piece of advice, how we need to balance and the way that we take care of our mental health and physical health and trying to put as much effort as we put into our physical health to mental health and really find something that we enjoy and that improves our mental health. So what about you, Katrina? What do you think? What have you learned? Yeah, for me, just overall, just learning more about myself and about others, especially when it comes to helping, like helping others and helping myself better off our mental health is just the most important thing when it comes to learning and self-help really and that's one thing that I obviously want to take away from this discussion and I really want to implement that more and I hope everyone else that's listening really just takes that on board and understands that everyone is different and everyone can show themselves in whatever they want and it's okay because you are yourself and if that is a problem to anyone else that's on them that's not on you. It's been a few weeks since the roundtable discussion and each host has kept audio diaries to track their progress as they try out the advice. Let's check in with Carolina and hear how she's getting on. So I don't know if you can hear, but I'm currently in a walk trying to go to visit my friend that I haven't seen since summer. So what I've done since the podcast episode is I've looked into what I can do for myself so for the last two days I went on a walk with my family it's currently holiday so it's different than I than what I would do when at university but I've been on those two walks now I'm going to meet up with my friend I have another meeting with my friend scheduled tomorrow so I'm just doing stuff which I haven't done in a long time and I finally find found time to do so yeah that's what I've been doing and it's been working Tune in to the next episode to hear Carolina's follow-up audio diary and find out what her final thoughts are on this bit of advice. Did it work for her? I just love how the advice we've picked as a group so far has been simple and practical enough to implement in our lives. And I hope you're finding the same at home too. Coming up next week, how to do what you love. We'll be hearing from three more young people as they tackle questions about careers, hobbies and finding time to do the things you love. We'll be hearing advice on the realities of following your passions, how to trust your inner compass, and the tricky task of managing expectations from loved ones. I can't wait for this one. See you next episode. Bye Bye for for now. now.
Navigating Now is a Max Creative production brought to you by the Duke of Edinburgh's Award with generous support from the Gosling Foundation and RSM. The original theme music is by Capt, a young person from our podcast group. And a huge thank you goes out to our podcast group, made up of 31 recent and current Duke of Edinburgh's Award participants. I've been your host, Elsie, and we've been Navigating Now. We are all unique, and the issues discussed may impact and affect everyone in different ways. The thoughts and guidance shared and discussed are suggestions and possible approaches, and you should always do what feels safe and right for you. If you've been affected by the issues in this episode, or want to find out more, please see the Duke of Edinburgh's Award website, dov.org, for some contacts and resources you may find useful. You can find the link to this in the show notes.